Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Again. Shoots and scores! There's 50 from the right circle! Harris, he'll throw. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown, Eskimos! Kenny Stafford to the end zone. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. C.J. Gable stays in the stable for tomorrow's game between the Eskimos and the Argonauts. He's on the injured list. Shaq Cooper will be your running back tomorrow night. Morley Scott will break down this game coming up later in the first hour of Inside Sports here on 6.30. Chet, of course, the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. Tomorrow's game kicks off at 7.30. Our countdown to kickoff will start at 6. So no Inside Sports tomorrow night for the Argos. Uh, Their running back will not play either. James Wilder Jr. has been placed on the one-game DL. His numbers aren't great this season, but he has been pretty good in the past. News from Calgary today. Sam Bennett avoids arbitration, the forward signing for two years and $5.1 million. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We are going to dive into tonight's show with a very special guest, very well-known here in Edmonton and, well, and, and across the country, but known in Edmonton before he got known across the country. And I was watching a, a CFL broadcast earlier this season and this individual was singled out for having reached 40 years in broadcasting and I thought to myself well that's incredible there's no way that this young man uh, is at 40 years in broadcasting unless he started broadcasting when he was like seven Uh, and then I realized that I had indeed been watching this gentleman since he was on CBC Sports in Edmonton in the late 80s when I was in high school. But a very popular man, and of course, you know the voice. Gets it outside the line, gets it back again. Beats cross ice, broken up by Samuelson. And Samuelson's pass off a skate, Bullock turns. With Ferraro, here they come, two on one, Bullock shoots, scores! David Bullock, Islanders! And there'll be a new Stanley Cup champion in 1993. Oh, it is, of course, Chris Cuthbert, who we welcome back to Inside Sports. Chris, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. Thanks uh, for making me feel old, but uh, thanks for having me on. Well, we're uh, we're all getting older. I, I know we had you on a few years ago when uh, when you were going into the broadcasting wing of the of the CFL Hall of Fame, and I, and I talked there about watching you. And uh, when I was in high school, CBC Late Night Sports. I was living in Evansburg, and, and you were doing the late night sports. And I thought, what play by play am I gonna 
going to have to bring you into the show. I'm pretty sure I would have multiple lawsuits if I played the golden goal <laughs> because of the Olympics and the broadcast rights. But I was like, David Volek, there is a classic that's going to bring back some memories for people. Well, it, it always uh, resonates with me because the guy that set Volek up for the uh, game-winning series, winning goal, happens to be uh, one of my, uh, my one of my favorite cohorts, Ray Ferraro, who everybody knows here too. So uh, uh, it it was uh, it was kind of cool to cover that series back in '93 because uh, it was a pretty likable team. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think anybody thought the Islanders were going to win the cup that year. In fact, they went way further than I think anybody expected. But they were. Uh, uh, one of those teams you love just going into the room to talk hockey with, there was guys like Steve Thomas, and uh, strangely enough, three different members of that team I've worked with in the broadcast booth, Glenn Healy, uh, Pat Flatley, and Ray, so uh, they, they they knew how to talk a good game, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that that, that was a fun highlight. That was the, the Penguins were trying to win three in a row. I think, didn't they go 17-1 and one in their last 18 games in the regular season, something like that, and then... You, you know, the amazing thing, I remember w- working with Dick Irvin that and he kept saying, you know, uh, there's never going to be another hockey dynasty. And I, 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 I thought, Dick, if, if Pittsburgh wins here, they're, they're three in a row, and who's going to beat them? But uh, little did we know the Islanders were, uh, uh, were, were the team that was going to beat them. And I, I should have known that Dick Irvin would, uh, uh, would be right all along. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you tweeted this out on July 7th, 1979, and I know you also referenced uh, the story when you were doing the, the, the broadcast I was talking about. July 7th, 1979, CKWS in Kingston. Now, were you actually anchoring a sports cast? Were you, were you reporting? Were you, were you doing, like, you know... I've no, I was anchoring, and it was the first time I'd been on, uh, on television, and they gave me the gig without even an audition because I had, I had gone to Queens and, and gone into the radio and TV station, and they had a, an old uh, gentleman there who had been, I guess their version of Brian Hall, who did absolutely everything, all the play-by-play. He did morning sports. He did evening sports. He did TV radio at all times of the day. And, and I, I, I went over and said, if, if I do these reports on Queen's sports, will you play them? I don't need any money, but I just you know want to get my foot in the door. Will you play the reports? And he was happy to get some help. And when they uh, decided uh, they needed somebody on summer weekend relief, they they put me on without uh, an audition. And halfway through the telecast, and without teleprompters, I thought, you know, sooner or later I'm going to have to look at that camera. And when I looked uh, up at the camera, I had to say uh, Mike Schmidt's name without... Uh, uh, without blinking, and apparently I blinked because I, I forgot the M in the name. Yeah, that that's incredible. Uh, you wrote that on Twitter. Did you know it at the time that you'd say? Oh yeah, yeah. my uh, <laughs> my. It's a good thing it was an HD television back then because I could feel myself going pretty red, and uh, it was uh, boom goes the dynamite. Uh, um, decades before uh, the one you've seen go viral, but. Uh, Back then, it was a pretty small audience, and and no no repeats or or no Twitter to uh, to have it go out on or awful announcing or dead spin or anything else. And uh, I got a call from the boss uh, who was laughing and said, "You'll you won't forget that." And uh, it's always uh, it's always been in the back of my mind that if uh, uh, that that could have could have been my first and last. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Well, we all have uh, fun story. Well, just last summer, Chris. 
I can't remember what happened. It was it was in the summer, but the, I think the Oilers had signed somebody or they had a news conference, and I had a relatively busy. I mean, you know what the the cycle is like for me. I'm not, it's not as intense in the summer because I'm on the Oilers beat, but. Uh, I'd been pretty busy most of the day. I get into the studio. I flip on Sportsnet. Okay, Blue Jays game. And I give the score. And then listeners start texting like, uh, hey, buddy, this is a replay of a game played in the afternoon. <laughs> so what can I do? You just got to make fun yeah, of yourself. You know, it, it happens. Uh, I played the 2015 West Final highlight there, Riley to Walker. That was in your highlight pack as well. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky to to be able to talk about the Eskimos now on the station that carries the games. I have been a season ticket holder since 1997. Chris, you've been at Commonwealth off and on, uh, well, every every season for for most of your adult life now. Grey Cups, bad teams. I will say this, that 2015 West Final might have been the most joyous crowd I have ever been in the midst of. I don't know if you remember anything about that afternoon. Well, you know, I, I I think people were uh, people were ready to get back in the winter circle again, and uh, um, and that was the culmination of uh, well to get to get to the final where they won in Winnipeg. But uh, uh, what I remember is what the the impact Darrell Walker seemed to make right from the start. I mean, this guy was just on fire like we'd never seen a receiver in the first few games of uh, of his CFL career and. Uh, and uh, he was a key element in 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 taking that uh, to the Western Final and beyond. Chris, uh, you have seen in the in, in in your time calling games in the CFL, especially recently. Uh, I mean, man, they've built some new stadiums. Uh, obviously, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and uh, Hamilton, Ottawa. Well, Ottawa's come back and forth in and out of the league a couple times. <laughs> but. I'm wondering, and I get feedback from Morley and Dave doing the radio broadcast, do you have a stadium or two where you get in there and you're thinking, this this was made for TV guys to call the game? Do you have a, do you have a favorite location? Well, I have a few. Uh, I've always thought the best uh, broadcast location was BC Play Stadium, but... Uh, but I, I think the most uh, uh, telegenic uh, that we have now is Winnipeg. I, I know that there are some faults with the stadium that a broadcaster doesn't have to worry about, but for us, it's a great location. Uh, I think that stadium looks dynamite on television, and uh, and Saskatchewan's there, too. I, 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 think, uh, I think we're pretty lucky now. I, I know the folks in Calgary would like to have a better facility, but, uh, you know, Tim Hortons, it's funny, for broadcasters, though, and I, I took a little jab at, at, uh, at, at your hockey rink this week because, you know, it is so high up for a broadcaster. It really it really takes away our ability to to call a game as well as we'd like, I think, anyway. Um, but Hamilton, it's funny, the old rickety barn that was Ivor Wynn was probably the worst stadium in the league, but, but at the time had the best sight lines. And so I never minded going to Ivor Wynn. Now it's got a beautiful stadium that fans love to go to. It's now the highest location in in our league and and probably the worst sightline. Although you know I I, sh- I shouldn't complain because 
our, our stadiums for the most part are, are pretty intimate and and I've done some soccer games down in the big American stadiums uh, like uh, the old Tampa Stadium and and to call a game down there uh, you know that that was it was just a rumor down below unless you had binoculars <laughs> so um, you know we're pretty lucky all all in all and Commonwealth's always I mean since I remember the first time I got here for the uh, first time I ever walked in that stadium was in 1978 and it was an Edmonton Drillers game. I was just visiting and and I thought, "Wow, this this is special. It was state of the art then and they've done a nice job of keeping it up." Uh, I, I got to ask you this, and, and a little bit of a behind-the-scenes type broadcasting question, but I know when you were on a, a few years ago, you talked about your travel schedule and the days away from home, and and you know fans will even say to me like, "Man, Cuthbert was in Regina Thursday, and then he's doing a game in Montreal Friday or whatever." I, I you know, I over the years of of hosting the Oilers broadcast, I've come up with a routine about how I prepare and edit my audio and kind of put myself in the mindset. You're doing that on planes and in hotel rooms. Like, have you gotten used to making notes on an airplane or, you know, kind of getting to a hotel and saying, okay, this is work time and this is this is sleep time? Because you're a busy guy, and it's sometimes it's hard feeling prepared and, and doing all your work when you're on the road. Well, you know, I, I, I have a little system for football anyway. It takes me about two to three hours to do my charts, and that just happens to be about as long as, uh, you know, every week flight that I come out west. So uh, by the time I hit the ground, I, I'm usually uh, I'm usually ready, and uh, and that's that's the nice thing. So I, I think the one thing I've learned uh, since I got in the business is uh, if you're going to spend uh, your life in the plane, you better uh, you better learn how to sleep on it when you when when the time comes, and you better uh, learn how to use it wisely uh, before games. So before games, I'm 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 pretty intense prepping. Uh, for games on the flight, and when it's all over for the week, I'm I'm usually crashing on it. So, uh, uh, so uh, three and a half million miles later, I've I've, <laughs> I've figured that out. Oh, jeez! Uh, w- one more for you, and thanks for being so generous with your time. It's fun to have you on the show again. Uh, Chris Cuthbert joining us uh, from the CFL on TSN, and of course hockey, and used to be on CBC and all that all that fun stuff. I'll, I'll take you back to CBC Edmonton because, like I said, that's when me and a lot of people were first introduced to you. Uh, someone, a, a mentor, or somebody in Edmonton who really meant a lot of you, a lot to you at the time, and helped you out. Oh well, I don't know if you could ever answer that question without if, to anybody who had worked there that didn't say Ernie Afaganis. I mean, er, Ernie was the standard, uh, may still be the standard for uh, for any broadcaster that wants to get into the business. I mean, uh, he. Uh, he he did it the right way. He did it with class. He did it with uh, charisma that none of us uh, probably can uh, duplicate. And uh, uh, I just think the world of uh, Ernie and and he he dropped by the CBC Edmonton studios once uh, once every few weeks, and uh, he always made sure to say hello and give some words of encouragement. Those are the guys that uh, you know. I grew up watching and and idolizing and and uh although i you know i didn't really work hand in hand with him at cbc edmonton uh, his presence was was pretty huge well said second time he's been referenced on our station today because brian hall was on with bob stoffer earlier today telling stories about ernie too so that's that's really uh, cool. yeah, brian's be better than mine uh, Brian, well, Brian's been better at embellishing stories than probably anybody we've ever met, but <laughs> that's 
that's that's uh, he's, he's a beauty too he's awesome he was here all afternoon it was good to see him hey chris thanks so much for checking in you know i i, I know you're in the middle of it but i'll say congratulations on on 40 years and hope there's 40 more and thousands of more games to be called and have a good one tomorrow at commonwealth i, really I appreciate it hey reed appreciate being with you and uh, I, i'm sure the fans are hoping there won't be 40 more but if i can keep fooling you a little longer i i i'm sure it sure beats working for a living so thanks for that right on that is chris cuthbert checking in tonight he's in edmonton for tomorrow's tv broadcast as the eskimos will host the argos and of course we have the radio for you right here on 630 chet fun to get chris on again we had him on a few years ago and uh he's a great storyteller in his own right and he's one of those voices that for uh, a lot of us has become synonymous with the great cup with cfl broadcasts and he still uh calls a lot of hockey used to be on hockey night in canada now on now on tsn and genuinely uh just a nice human being and i still remember the story i didn't i didn't want to get him to retell it but when he was on a few years ago great cup week and we started talking about all this travel and and things that can happen kellen i don't know if you were working that night he was well we were talking about the cfl the American teams the other day on the show. So he was mm. in Shreveport and he said the phone rang in the middle of the night and it was somebody issuing a death threat against someone named Dave. Oh. And Chris was like, well, you got the wrong number. And this person insisted, no, no, no. You're like, you're a dead man. Like you were Dave, we're coming for you. So that was a little unnerving. Luckily, they did. They didn't. I don't know if they tracked Dave down. They didn't t- track Chris down. But uh, enjoy having him on the show. That was a lot of fun. You can text six thirty six thirty. Our phone number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Some storylines for the game tomorrow. No Gable for the Eskimos. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Terrell Walker back in town. We will touch on some of those with Morley Scott as we roll along on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Hey, that's the newly married Nuge bringing you back on Inside Sports. So, Eskimos. Gable out, Shaq Cooper, the running back. Here's quarterback Trevor Harris. Uh, it's a different dynamic with Shaq, and, uh, you know, each of our backs have different uh, strengths, different dynamics they bring to the table, and so it uh, gives, gives the defense something else to think about, another way to defend the field. And we're excited about the way Shaq is uh, moving around and, and playing. You know, he went down early in camp with a, with an injury, but he's good to go now, and we're excited about it, and we'll see what he brings to the table. But losing CJ is always a tough thing, but uh, we, we love Shaq and can't wait to see what he does. Head coach Jason Moss with a bit on Cooper, and maybe a, a, could a fresh body help out coming off a short week? 
Yeah, I, I think it can. I mean, um, ultimately, you know, our guys, whether they're backups or not, I mean, we feel we feel confident in our guys. And anytime you can take a, a guy like CJ, who's been a little nicked up for a couple of weeks now, and you know he gets the rest, and then you got a guy who's excited to play, has, has fresh legs, has a running back on a short week, that's huge. That's yeah. huge to, to have. So. You know, um, you know, same thing with Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor's coming on the roster, and he'll have fresh legs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime you can get some reinforcements on a short week, you always welcome it. Uh, obviously, you hate to lose your starters. Uh, Forrest, you know, has been a great captain for us and uh, stalwart on the defense. We're going to definitely miss him, but we obviously have faith in uh, Taekwon and Nick to, to, to go in there and get the job done. And like I said, we know that Shaq's more than capable after watching what he's done last year for us. All right, more to set up this game with Morley Scott when we get back after the 6.30 news. Thanks for tuning in tonight. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Blue Jays are trailing Cleveland one nothing. That game is in the bottom of the sixth. Edmonton Prospects will take on Medicine Hat tonight. It is. It is not raining here, is it, Kellum? I do not see any rain it here on the. Uh, no, it's overcast, south side but no rain on Roper Road. So hopefully baseball tonight downtown. FC Edmonton will take on Forge FC Saturday at four at Clark Field. The Edmonton Stingers in the Canadian Elite Basketball League at Niagara on Friday. Big showdown there. The Stingers are eleven and four. Niagara coming in at twelve and three. Of course, the Oilers hired. Brian Wiseman as their uh, new assistant coach yesterday. You can get more on that story on 630Ched.com. The Battle of Alberta Power Pack, now available, limited time only, just until the end of the week. You can get tickets to the three Oilers home games against the Flames this season, one of them in the preseason on September 20th, and then regular season showdowns on December 27th and January 29th. And don't forget, the Eskimos have the $22 general admission seats. It's called the Empire North Pass, general admission seating in the north end zone, and through the Labor Day rematch, so that's for this Thursday's game, home games against Ottawa and Winnipeg in August, and then the big rematch against Calgary on September 7th. For those games, 17 and under, age 17 and under, will get in free. So some notes to remember there. Uh, all right. Well, some big stories for the Edmonton Eskimos in terms of the roster and to touch on those to get you ready for tomorrow's showdown against the Argos. Play-by-play voice for the Green and Gold, my good buddy Morley Scott. Morley, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for checking in. We got the game tomorrow, Eskimos and Argos. The depth chart comes out in the morning. And you get a bit of a surprise. A big surprise, yeah. C.J. Gable's on the one-game injured list, which uh, caught everybody off guard. He was at practice this week, uh, but he will not play against the Argos tomorrow. Head coach Jason Moss told us this morning that he just didn't look right this week, and he just wanted to give him a day off, let him rest because it was a short week. Big game coming up against the Calgary Stampeders, so, and it's a long week after this game with the Argos, so he's got an opportunity to get back to 100%. He said if it's a Grey Cup game or a playoff game, he's probably in, but not at 100%. So just a precautionary thing. Dare I say it's a load management issue? Which, of course, is the new catchphrase <laughs> in the world of sports. Okay, so do you think, you know, tell me if I'm being overly suspicious here, overly analytical, could have there been something on Saturday in Montreal, which is why they didn't run the ball a lot? Could no. this be connected? No connection? No, uh, absolutely. Uh, no, uh, Jason Moss said he was fine, and they didn't run the ball okay. a lot. He said because they changed the play call. They had a lot of uh, run calls 
called early, but uh, Trevor Harris pulled the ball away because he saw something else. And, okay. Uh, uh, Jason Moss told us today when we had our meeting with him that when he went back and watched the plays again, he said that the, the right call was made, but the execution wasn't there. And then they got in a position where they were behind, so then you're throwing the ball a lot more. Plus, there was some thought that there was supposed to be a huge storm in Montreal. We already had, what, about a half an hour weather delay, and there was some thought that the game might not even get finished. So, trailing, you had to score. Jason Moss thought, this game, if this game is going to get called off, we might have to get points early here. So, that's why they kind of went away from the run game. Okay. So, Shaq Cooper... What should fans remember about this young man from last season? He did the exact same thing last year. Came in in this situation when they uh, did not play C.J. Gable, and he got 100 yards. Uh, He is quick like a bunny. He can cut on a dime. Uh, He's a good running back who will... The Eskimos don't feel they'll miss that much. C.J. Gable obviously is the starting running back, but they don't feel they take that much of a step backward when they put in Shaq Cooper in his place. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, I think I remember he had one good game and one pretty quiet game last year. Yeah. And does he return kicks potentially uh, if they need? No, I don't know if he I mean, I, I guess Jackson's has. now have been I, much I, I, better. I don't think he would. Uh, he might be on the list, but he might be third or fourth on the list to return kicks, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, we should talk about that because it's been better the last couple of weeks for Jackson. I mean, t- I, look, a, a kick return touchdown is exciting and momentum swinging relatively rare, though, still in the grand scheme of things, but at least for, rarer for the Eskimos than for most. the Eskimos, given yeah. that it's been a twenty fifteen three seasons now. Time. Okay, so there you go. But at least Jackson's got some 15, 20 yarders where you kind of make the kick cover team, oh, geez, that was, we, we gave him a lot of field position back. He's had a 15-yard average the last two games, and he's got his average on the season up to 12 yards per return on punts, and that's good enough for guys who have returned more than 10 kicks. That's good enough for fourth best in the CFL. So okay. his numbers are up there. Uh, they're still dead last as a team in kickoff returns, but that's what they're going to tackle next uh, and and try and get that up. But on punt returns, are getting much better. Uh, Martise Jackson is starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, and I think in the last couple of games, they've uh, got the scheme changes they wanted in place, and it's opened up some holes for him. He can make you nervous, though, can he? When he starts... <laughs> He, going the he wrong has direction. a tendency to go the wrong uh, way, he, uh, and I don't mean that thing, in a bad right? way. Uh, he he wants to make a play. He's anxious to make a play. Oh, I, I get it, and, and he has been more often than not. Yeah, but you know, he sees okay. I can maybe get the corner on the other side of the field, but to get to the other side of the field, I'm going to have to retreat five yards as I run, and that's he kind of does that that arc as he comes across, right. and he's going to get caught. He's going to get caught, and he's going to lose five or six yards on a return or more sometimes. But he right now seems to be getting to the edge and seems to be getting positive yards out of all those plays. But you're right. It is like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah, I oh, had, okay, I see what you're doing. That's I've had good. moments yeah. where I'm thinking yeah. like, well, that's that's the wrong way. That's, But the, the, it's, it's the wide field, and I suppose there are different styles of kick returners. There are some guys that they appear to be running quickly, Forward and then where's that hole? Then they really take off. Yeah, and then and then after ten yards, you know, like oh, they're already gone. And then there are guys like Jackson who are more the I'm going to get everybody going one way and cut back on them. 
Yeah, and he's been successful. I mean, he 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 struggled when he came to Edmonton last year, mm-hmm. but before that, his first year in Toronto and for a little bit of the start of the year last year, he was one of the best in the Canadian Football League. He had the best numbers in the CFL. Uh, Jason Moss on the coach show this week called him a special returner, and I think they're doing what they can to put him in a better position to let him utilize what he does best, and that might be going from the left side to the right side and trying to get the corner and create something. Morley Scott joining me in studio in Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad, he'll have the call tomorrow. Eskimos and Argos, 7.30 start time. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Our coverage begins at 6. All right, uh, Forrest Hightower also hurt? Yes, he left in the first quarter early in the game on uh, Saturday in Montreal, replaced by Taekwon Glass, who will get the start for him in his spot at halfback. It looks like uh, it looks like a six-game injured list uh, for uh, for Forrest Hightower, so we don't know how long it's going to be till he gets back into the lineup. Might be six games, might be less, but we'll have to play that one by ear. Glass had a busy game Saturday. Uh, he's, he's one of the team's best special teams players. Uh, then he had to come in and uh, play for Forrest Hightower at uh, halfback, and he also returned to punt when Martise Jackson had to leave the game for a while, too. So he was very busy and uh, did a pretty good job. Why are the Eskimos, or why do they appear to be going with 45 men tomorrow instead of 46? Uh, I think it's the wave of the future. Uh, it's first off, it's salary cap. It's going to save money on the salary cap. Uh, the BC Lions have been doing it all season long. Saskatchewan's been doing it. Uh, it's everyone's going to be doing it next year. I believe it comes into the CBA next year that teams will only dress two quarterbacks. Uh, it's going to save the money on the salary cap and. I think Jason Moss was explaining that they've talked about it all season long and they knew they were going to implement it at some point and they just thought this was the best week to do it. I think it maybe has something to do with some guys coming off the six-game injury list mm-hmm. after this game because okay. this is the sixth game of the year. Uh, and I think they're just trying to get into a get into a, a feel for it and see what kind of corrections they can make. But it's a salary cap issue for, for I think, the biggest issue for every team. And also, how often do you get to the third quarterback? Doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you know, pretty much. It did ever. happen to Saskatchewan this year, though, right? Because uh, in that first game of the year, Cody Fajardo uh, came in after Zach Calaris and was injured and had to leave for a while before he came back. So it could happen, and that's when it'll get interesting for the Eskimos if it does happen. But they're crossing their fingers; it doesn't. So uh, Briscoe's not. Dressing. Won't dress. He's been moved okay. to the practice roster, so his salary now is... And he wasn't holding or doing anything like that? No. no. Okay. Well, he was holding a clipboard, I think. That was about You're right. <laughs> he was not holding the football on, on, on place kicks. Toronto is not good. They, I mean, basically, they've been blown out three times. Mm-hmm. They've been I mean, outscored they, they, on average three touchdowns a game. They hung around, I guess, against Calgary, though I still mm-hmm. kind of felt... Calgary. They killed themselves in Calgary. I mean, yeah, true. 22 points on turnovers they gave. Yeah, good point. Uh, good point. I mean, they lost by what? 10, right? Yeah. 26-16 I think it was. So, you know, and they gave up 22 points on turnovers. So, do the math on that. You take one but or two of those out. But bad teams turn it over, right? They but make more mistakes. Yeah, exactly. So that's always, right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And then BC the Rainy uh, couldn't was, catch the ball. I yeah, mean, or anywhere I mean, else. Catch that the ball, played anywhere else in the CFL, and the Argos win that. So, one, right? their head coach Corey Chamberlain was on the show last night. Uh, he's got quite the personal losing streak. Was, but it's like fourteen games. Yeah, he was. He oh, won a great cup in between all that, though. No, as an assistant for that. Oh yeah, no, no, as between, an assistant yeah, with, the, with the Argos. Good so point, it's not yes. like it's not like he's completely foreign to winning, right? right. <laughs> Uh, well, and I, I'm not saying he's the one to... to I, I think the end of his tenure in Saskatchewan... It might have been his fault. Things got away from him a little bit, and I and I know, uh, you know, when you talk to some people there, maybe 
maybe he was believing some of his own hype a little bit or mm-hmm. from, from winning the Great Cup, but I, I wouldn't put this on him. Here, I, I asked about the confidence level of the team, and he said, well, you know, we're still confident, we're learning, we're learning. Having said that, they all, they all read the standings. I mean, I would hope the Eskimos coming off the loss, knowing who they're playing, they're, they're not taking them lightly, but they're thinking, let's kick these guys. Like, let's, let's Get on them make early. them lose interest uh, yeah, early beat if them, you can. Beat them early and beat them often is, is probably the match you're going into this one tomorrow night. The Argos are going to win a game. I think every CFL team for the rest of the season goes into a game against the Argos saying, they're going to win a game, fellas. Let's just make sure it's not tonight. <laughs> right. Not today. Yeah. All right. Morley, we look forward to it, buddy. Thanks for the update. No sweat, Reid. Good to talk to you. That's Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Eskimos right here on 630 Chet. Tomorrow's broadcast commences at 730 with the countdown to kickoff. The game will start, or what did I say? Commences at 6. What I'm trying to say is there's a show before the game at 6 and then the game's at 7.30. Filled with all sorts of important information you need to know. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. You can text 630-630. Devon, well, maybe it's Devon. It's either Devon or Devon texting in and says, uh, Hey, Reed, I heard you say your worry pants were hiked up higher than usual going into last week's game against Montreal, and it turns out the Eskimos lost. Wondering the level of your pants for tomorrow's game. And uh, Devin goes on to say, come on, it's the Argos. Your pants should be right around your ankles. Just want to clarify how my worry pants work. They're always at, at least at normal pant level. So if I'm not that worried about a game, it doesn't mean I drop my pants <laughs> and, and walk around exposed. No, they're, they're just at a normal, comfortable level. If it's I start to get worried, uh, I hike them up. Like picture up like a pair of rugby pants. I don't know if all of you remember rugby pants. And I kind of have them, like if I'm worried, they're up, well, belly button level. And then, you know, if I'm a little more worried below the ribs. And then if I'm really worried about a game, then the, the band of those rugby pants is right around my nipples. But they don't drop if I'm less worried about a game, okay? So it's not like, oh, Reed's walking, shuffling around with his pants around his ankles. He's not that worried. No, no, then they just look like normal pants. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You can text 630-630, our phone number is 780-496-0063. My buddy John is on the line. You'll hear from him when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Two-back set with McCarty into the game. Riley will look to the right, throw it, and Cooper's got it. He's going to get to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimos. Shaq Cooper takes the first pie out of the oven, and the Eskimos take a 9-0 lead. All right, that was Shaq Cooper scoring a touchdown last season. He started a tailback for two games for the Eskimos. On August 18th, he had a really good game against Montreal. 17 carries for 102 yards. That was a touchdown out of that game against Calgary on September 9th. Uh, quieter 
Uh, eight carries for 42 yards. I was at wild Labor Day rematch that the Eskimos hung on to win by six. So he had 144 yards rushing in those two games, 44 yards receiving. He will fill in for C.J. Gable tomorrow. I can tell you this in terms of what I would be concerned about. I do not believe Cooper is nearly as good a pass blocker as Gable. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, on the O-line tomorrow, they do have Travis Bond coming back in at right guard. They're going to go with three Americans on the O-line. Rookie Kyle Saxolid, who started last week, will be the sixth offensive lineman for that game. So some roster notes and some matchups to keep an eye on for Edmonton tomorrow. John is on line one. John, nice to hear from you. Hey, Reed, I have some suggestions and some things I hope to see with the Eskimos tomorrow. I thought in Montreal that Trevor Harris was telegraphing where he's going to throw the ball. He was turning his shoulders and the defense knew where he was going. I was almost ready to scream when 80% of their pass plays were a five-yard pass to the right-hand side of the field. So obviously that's part of it, but man, he just he can't do that, and I'm sure that showed up on, on the film. And then offensively, uh, they got to get some pass patterns that are uh, 15 to 20 yards down the field. They just got to do that and stretch things out. And I would also suggest telling uh, maybe Javon Smith to to just go deep, run as fast as he can, get some separation because he's got blazing speed. And I think that could help him with the long passing game. And then I. I'm glad they're they're moving Tra- Travis Bond into that right tackle slot because I, I think just a little bit more experience there will help, and Saxley can back up the other. He can play side tackle or guard in a pinch. So as long as Travis doesn't take some of those stupid penalties that he took last year, I, I think that's a big improvement. And then I noticed um, you had Jordan Huber on on your show, Reed. And I only caught the tail end of the interview, but is he going to start tomorrow, do you know? Oh, yeah, he's been starting. Yep. Well, has he started his safety? Because I thought that was Money Hunter. Uh, no, pretty sure it's been Hoover. And he had his oh. first career interception wiped out by a, a penalty last game. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Then they can put they can put maybe glass on that side of the secondary where Hightower left. Yes, glass and, is, is going to start. And I thought our our secondary is playing really well. The pass coverage, I think they've been really, really good. So I'm, I'm excited about that. John, how long have you been watching the Eskimos? Uh, since the 60s, Reed. All right. Uh, lifelong Edmontonian? Yes, sir. Uh, proud, of, proud of it. And, and I'm, you're what, third year university, I assume? Yes. <laughs> Philo- <laughs> getting your philosophy degree? <laughs> I just oh, I, 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 I want to ask you because I, I feel like I, I should know you better given uh, that you're a fairly regular caller about both teams, Eskimos and Oilers, so you're obviously a passionate fan, and your comments are always, uh, like even if you're upset, you're you're still intelligent and, and analytical. You're not, you don't just name call. Uh, so I, I appreciate that, and, it's, and clearly you're very well-versed in both uh, football and hockey. There are times when I call and I have smoke coming out of both ears, Reed, and <laughs> <laughs> I have to just tone it down a bit because, God, I'm, I'm so passionate. I'm very proud of Estonian, and I wanted to tell you that I'm so proud of this city because I watched the triathlon on the weekend and, and, and the volleyball, and our city looked great, and it just was so gorgeous, and it was so well done, and I can hardly wait to see the extra improvements they make for the triathlon next year because man it just and my son does a lot of traveling and 
he said, you know, in the summertime, Edmonton is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And, and it's nice to hear that from younger people. That's well said. Now, are you an athlete yourself or do you have an athletic background? Well, I, I played a lot of sports, Reed, and, and I love them all. The only one I can't stand is the martial arts. I t- kind of don't get that, but uh, I understand. I used to like watching boxing, but I played a lot of tennis. I curled a lot, and uh, and so I'm a sportsaholic, basically. Okay, I'm going to ask you to be patient after the 7 o'clock news. I, I do have Felicia Spencer on the show. See, she's in UFC 240. But, John, okay. really interesting story. Uh, born in Montreal, moved to Florida. So, you know, we'll kind of call her an honorary Canadian, I guess. Uh, she started her life as a Canadian. Uh, r- really interesting story about her rise through the ranks and getting into the into the sport. She's going to outline all that between seven. And, and she's fighting at Rogers Place on Saturday. Well, so I, I know it's not your favorite sport, but I hope <laughs> you appreciate the story and tune in. Well, I, I love your stories, and I also love the, the way you get around so... You're ready to to ask a, a straight-on embarrassing question, but you always apologize before you ask it, Reed. Well, which which is a real skill, in my opinion. Well, sometimes you get the best answers off the the weirdest or the or the most uh, direct questions. And considering yeah. I embarrass myself for two hours every night, <laughs> other people can do it for two minutes. John, thank well, you for calling. Hey, uh, it's a pleasure, Reed. As always. All right. Oh, uh, bye, bye, John. Check it in seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six. He probably calls in uh, two or three times times a month. It's always good. To, it's always good to hear from him. Um, Got to thank Taylor Sinski and the guys at the Quarry. Jim Mathis and I went and played around there yesterday. They got the 27 holes, so we played the Ironstone and Granite Nines. Here's a news update. I'm a terrible golfer. Oh, wait, that's not news. <laughs> that's olds. That's a well-known fact. I still you know think you're better sad? than I am. You know so what's sad? You, you know what's sad? I, I, I've talked about my personal golf journey several times, probably a, a sickening amount. As bad as I am, I'm noticeably better than I was four years ago. There you go. Like, I'm not going to say quite a bit better, but noticeably better. And I'm still awful, and I still consider retirement. Uh, get at least one major under your belt before yeah, you retire. Yeah, once I win a major, then I'll step away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, I, I got a green jacket. Oh, no, I'll just uh, fade into the background. I'm going up to Athabasca to golf for him. Nice. The, the ancestral home of Jay Onright. I'll see the Jay Onright statue. That'll be fun. Never played up there. Supposed to be a very nice course. Have, if you've played Athabasca, text your review to 630-630. All right, we have the news and weather coming up. Oh, by the way, I mentioned the prospects getting ready to go against uh, Medicine Hat. They played... Medicine Hat last night, and uh, they won 9-5. So they'll try to sweep the two-game miniseries in a few minutes of rematch. So pretty, uh, pretty windy out there, but I don't think we have any rain on the south side. We're back after the news. Thanks for tuning in. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.